and welcome to the Zero Stars Podcast, a podcast about video games and fan fiction involving corporate characters. My name is Bob. And I'm the Quaker Oats Man. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding, I'm Matt. Oh, I'm so glad that we could be here today with you, Quaker Oats Man. (laughs) Your serene smile has brought joy to countless people across the world, but I understand now you're getting into fashion? Well... I've always been wearing a wig, which you may not know. I didn't know that. <laughs> that jaunty cap doesn't... What, what, are you bald? Uh, no. What, what's underneath there? Red hair. But red wow. hair is the devil's play thing. Oh. I think that's how that phrase goes. I, <laughs> idle hair. <laughs> idle hair. <laughs> oh, man. Wait, is that, uh, that's kind of the plot to Bayonetta. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, see, we brought note. it back to video <laughs> games. Um... But yeah, I just feel like there's I, this stuff has to exist. Right? I purposely did not look it up. So that's exactly when what happened because we, we were joking about this earlier, and we had all of ten minutes to look it up. And I chose not to. Yes, I Even also. It's that feeling that you get when you're like, I have to look this up right now. I have to look this up right now. And because we have phones, we can literally look it up right now. Yeah, but I I think that my dreams of uh, fan fiction involving corporate entities probably exceed any of the realities because i assume that all the realities are just like the sexual exploits of ronald mcdonald or something like that but that definitely exists yeah and it's called the entire career of the insane clown posse <laughs> okay uh <laughs> we, we bring up icp a lot in these podcasts i mean that is a reflection of my actual life mm-hmm. and the fact that this podcast is just a place where i go to talk and what do i normally talk about if it's a graph, it's a circle. And about 10% of it is just insane clown posse trivia. Uh, and so that's really all I have on some level. Which is kind of dispiriting and a strange way to start. Yeah. I'm actually surprised that there hasn't been more. I mean, I feel like all the fan fiction about corporate uh, cartoon characters tends to be like actually sponsored by the corporations. It's like an anti-drug ad for kids that like features a whole bunch of like recognizable yeah that's a, that's a good point so anyway that's an open market as far as i'm concerned or an open genre yeah untapped did you see did you see that the uh kfc twitter account follows 11 people <laughs> and <laughs> who they, are they <laughs> this is the key they're the spice girls and a bunch of guys named herb <laughs> so they follow Wait, is it seven they follow eleven herbs and eleven spices, herbs and spices. All right, which is baller. That's pretty. That's pretty well done. Have they marketed that, or did they wait for somebody? to No, find it was it? just discovered recently. That's excellent. This is the world we live in. Magellan at one point figured out like cartography. Now we're like, hey, somebody's kind of funny on the internet. <laughs> so discoveries, kind of going downhill. Uh, I have discovered some things though in the past week. Are they related to video games? They are. It's time for the news hour. So I have a. Amassed a collection here of news. This is stuff from a variety of sources: Polygon, Kotaku, and the Eurogamer, uh, uh, which is it's a single person. I hear the Eurogamer is is uh, slowly disbanding as isolationist policies start to take place. Yeah, there was uh, exit. Well, damn it! <laughs> I, w- I wanted an Xbox leaving the Eurozone. Mm. Xbox One exit. <laughs> Yeah, but the problem is exit's actually a word. <laughs> um, okay, let's let's get started here. First thing, the Nintendo Switch got an update, version 4.0. Uh, 
Uh, <laughs> this includes updates throughout the interface, the ability to record videos within Zelda, Mario Kart, ARMS, and Splatoon, a collection of new profile pictures, improvements to the activity log, and I think general uh, stuff. I <laughs> I don't know. It, it's, it's like, is this exciting? I, I feel like everybody's just waiting for mario at this point on the yeah Switch. we're waiting for mario we're waiting for the the classic store to open up so we can play all of our favorite emulated games yeah i i don't think there's ever going to be a specific classic store i think that just give me my rondo of blood yes i just want rondo of blood yeah well i think that it's stupid the way that everybody goes will there be a virtual console because <laughs> it's like that was just a name like the virtual console is not an entity, but there's, but like these stores tend to be, I, I can understand like that, that impulse because at the very least, I thought that the, that the uh, Nintendo store on the Wii and the Wii U was always relatively well organized by at least breaking things down between like, these are the indie games that we're putting out. These are like the major label games that you can purchase yeah, and download if you're crazy enough to do that on your like, what was it? Like a five gigs yeah. Wii U. Um, what I don't, what I want is just not to have. I don't need them to say, like, it's the virtual console. Uh, what they should do, though, is break it out by console, like they did, like all the vintage yes. games. Yeah. they I, And I hope that they do that. I yeah. hope that they do break it down so that you can actually... Because right now, the Switch store is just, just a like bucket. a line of... It's just like, keep yeah. scrolling, brother. Yeah, <laughs> just a bucket of game slop. You want Zelda? You got to go all the way to the bottom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hook up the feed bag and find the nuggets <laughs> at the bottom. Um, yeah, have you updated your Switch? No. I haven't turned on my switch in uh quite a while and I every like yesterday I saw a guy in a uh really cool Splatoon sweatshirt like with this nifty Splatoon logo on it like mm. one of the it was one of the clothing brand logos so Taste, it, tasteful it was pretty awesome yeah uh and I was very jealous of him and then thought I should play Splatoon 2 Yeah I've I've actually had my switch on every single day this week and I have not updated <laughs> well you, had, you didn't have time but no i didn't have time that <laughs> well, takes that was a be precious like minute i think it has to restart if you do it that. does yeah and that could take all of like three or four minutes yeah i i, I can understand why you wouldn't want to waste those yeah. moments those precious moments we'll get into that later i think yeah I, I think we will okay the big story this week visceral games is no more um and i'm going to provide some context here for people who might not know about visceral games uh, Visceral is, was a subsidiary studio for EA, uh, and they're best known for Dead Space, um, which is a series of horror games heavily inspired by Resident Evil 4. Heavily inspired by the Alien films as well, and yeah. the, the sort of transition from the first one, which is very survival horror, to the second one, which is more like Resident Evil 4. Yeah. Well, those games are actually interesting because they started out uh, trying to make a sequel to, Bio, uh, to System Shock. And oh, then, interesting. And then Resident Evil 4 came out, apparently, and they all said, this is pretty awesome, and then they made Dead that Space. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. Which, yeah, it makes sense. But Dead Space 1 is alien to Dead Space 2's aliens. Yeah, just in I terms of a, scope. Yeah, I I'm agree. not. that's not an original observation on my part that's no. been said over and It over might as again. well be on the box. Yeah. Because uh, they, they should have called it Dead Spaces. <laughs> um, <laughs> there are two ships. Uh, Actually, did you ever play Dead Space? I'm sorry, we're going to have to try. But have you ever played the Wii Dead Space Extraction? The rail shooter? The rail shooter? No. It's excellent. I've heard that countless times it's some of the most fun i've ever had playing a video game with another person oh man because a rail shooter does not require much of the i mean as we know when we go to the uh arcades here in chicago yeah you know the beer arcades like 
we tend to spend a lot of time playing Tempest or the rail shooters. Yes. And the rail shooters are fun for everyone. Yeah, that's totally true. And my So imagine that, but not having to drop a dollar every time you want to kill a space monster. <laughs> that is nice. My favorite thing about any shooter in an arcade like that, where there's like a plastic gun, is that generally speaking, every time I'm in an arcade, I walk by at least one of these machines at one point, and there's just somebody who's got like a real combat stance, <laughs> and is just stone-faced, just blasting zombies, uh, and you're like, oh, you went to the academy, <laughs> and then you got ejected from the force for bad behavior, dishonorably discharged, and now you're here playing House of the Dead. It's the only way you can deal with it. Yeah. And the oiler is the guy who's always holding the gun sideways. I mean... Sometimes these people are the same person, and yeah. I love it. Um, uh, anyway, Dead Space Extraction is on the Wii. It's also a thing on the PS3. It is. But it's best on the Wii. It's worth keep. I have it still. It's um, like it's the one thing I keep my Wii around for. That yeah, and WarioWare. We should play that sometime. Yeah, it'd be fun. Uh, so, okay. They made Dead Space. Yeah. They also games. made Dante's Inferno. I forgot about that. Remember that literary property, that hot, hot literary property. Well, that was at the same time they were trying to make a uh, Jack the Ripper game. They were just going through everything and they thought, what do we not need to pay to license? <laughs> and I guess the likeness of a, the first great serial killer and Dante's Inferno. And one of the first great poets. <laughs> yes. Uh, interesting choice. That game seemed dumb. Also, it was like God of War. So you know it was dumb. Yeah. Uh, at a certain point, though, recently they brought on Amy Hennig. She was the person who wrote the first three Uncharted games. And they were working on this Star Wars game that was supposed to be like Star Uncharted Star Wars. Yeah. An Uncharted trip to the stars. There's some very interesting interviews with Amy Hennig about working on this and how mm -hmm. this is like was essentially her dream project. But I they, believe that. When you bring on Amy Hennig to make a game, you know the kind of game that you want to make, which I think is going to be key to the story of Visceral's decisions to close or the ea's decisions to close visceral maybe i i think we're going to talk about that in yeah. just a bit here because so on, on the 17th it was announced that they're closing visceral this game is getting passed to another studio but it kind of seems like it's dead yeah um and so okay how does this make you feel you you wrote me a message about this you seemed pretty torn up by the demise of visceral something that i kind of didn't care immensely about other than the fact that obviously it's terrible whenever a lot of people lose their jobs yeah truly and i mean i suppose that like there's the potential that ea is trying to find them other homes at other studios since that's what they did with bioware montreal which was uh the ea studio that uh, that made the most recent mass effect that mm -hmm. also closed i think that the thing that upset me particularly along with the fact that people are losing their jobs, is the idea that the studio brought on Amy Hennig because they brought on Amy Hennig to make the successor to Star Wars 1313, essentially, which was going to be a single-player, like, kind of story-driven. Another um, game that got canceled. Another game that got canceled, exactly. Not under Visceral, but uh, at LucasArts, before LucasArts got closed. Um, and you you bring on Amy Hennig because you want the Uncharted style game you know yeah. that's what that is what you she's know what for. you are getting you know exactly what you're getting and we don't know what this game from visceral looked like what it was going to be like obviously i'm sure some people have a better idea than us uh, actual reporters probably well and there, there are videos of it like, oh there are it's been shown oh, okay i didn't realize it had even been shown you can look okay. at it. it looks like an uncharted game I think the thing that upsets me most is the fact that they decided to change their track on this and that they decided that a story driven star wars game was not actually what they wanted because if you kind of like read 
into the uh, the journalists' notes on those various like journalist websites. EA seems to be taking it to another studio and going in a new direction, maybe keeping some of the like mo- the like assets. Know, assets, but um, they kind of want to remove the single player aspect, and it sounds more like they're doing kind of like a battlefronty type thing. I mean, all all these, and I might be reading too much into this, but a lot of these major publishers want to do software as a service with video games because that's where the money is. Because if you're going to produce a $150 to $250 million video game, you need to be able to continue making money after that initial $60 purchase. And that sort of sucks. So that's a very good point, Matt, because the really interesting thing that I found while reading about this uh, Dead Space 2, a game that I think you like very much. I thought it was pretty good, yeah. Critically really beloved. Sold 4 million copies. And you say, that's a lot of copies. Yeah. Uh, that game cost $47 million to make, uh, not including marketing. And 4 million copies was not enough to make money on it. So EA set expectations for games coming out of Visceral, for single-player games coming out of Visceral, that made it basically impossible for Visceral to be making money for EA as far back as Dead Space 2, which is like 2012, 2011. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're kind of setting up these studios to fail if they think they're going to do better than that, I feel like. If you can't sell 4 million copies of a game and make money, something is fundamentally flawed with your business model. Yeah, that is that is the cancer of this business. Yeah. Really, it's, it's, and it's similar with the film industry, I think, yes. we're seeing. It's, um, with the exception of horror movies like It, you get these major properties that are receiving like extraordinarily extraordinary amounts of money. Like Blade Runner is a good example of this, the new Blade Perfect. Runner. Yeah. And um, they can't earn it back. And I mean, we're just being armchair econ- economists here with this essentially, but it's, it's not hard to see why things crash unless if it's like a tent pole, you know, industry like Marvel or something where they never actually lose money, but they can afford to because everything's an ad for the next one. The right. next iteration. Well, and and yeah, I, I agree with all of that. And I think that this is the sort of thing where is, I guess, Visceral hasn't had a, like a terrific run That's, since this is Dead also Space true. 2. Yeah. Uh, they actually had a sister studio in Montreal. So Canadian studios at EA not doing so hot because that studio made uh, Army of Two, The Devil's Cartel. Did we play that? Is uh, that the one that we, we did. played that I it think... upset us so much that we had to stop playing? No, that was Kane and Lynch. That was Kane and Lynch. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I know we played one of those like games where you have two dudes yeah. and we could not... Con- it felt like watching a snuff film. <laughs> that Kane and Lynch game, Kane and Lynch 2 is like when Tipper Gore is scared of media, <laughs> right? It is Kane and Lynch too, because it is just this simulator where you walk through the streets of Shanghai and shoot people, and it's it like lacks impact. It lacks that bombast that you normally get from a video game or something that makes you go, "This is entertainment." And instead, it's just like I am marching through the streets, murdering, and it is so fucked up. It was, it was uh, and there's something about there was like a grain filter over it. It or has something. It, that's the one like, that has. It's like you're being chased by somebody with an iPhone. Yes, that's what, uh, yeah, yeah. So it has that handheld, it's, it's, which is not good. It's awesome, but it has in the a stupid way. It has the it, it has the intended effect, which is to make my skin crawl. Yeah, and yeah. Well, that one also does the thing where if you get a headshot, it pixelates above the neck on the person that you shot, 
Oh shit. Which makes it look so much more fucked up and raw than something where it's like, I tried to draw what it'd be like if you blowed somebody's head off in a computer. Like the fact that you don't see it is extremely disturbing. Um, Wow. Kind of like good for that team, but also Jesus Christ. Yeah. Game's not great. Well, I mean, the game's not great either. By the same token, I do remember that the Dead Space people notoriously on their press tour were like, we looked at a lot of footage of car crashes. We want to see how the body gets hurt. <laughs> like, it was really disturbing and strange. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I don't know what Video to say games. beyond this. <laughs> yeah, it's all, they're so fun. Oh, hang out until later. We're going to talk about some really soothing shit. Yeah. So. But Visceral, uh, no more. Kind of a victim of circumstance. Uh, I feel like they made some really cool stuff. And I get the sense that they weren't being given enough rope to make cool stuff because when they were given a lot of rope, it was kind of directed in the wrong way. They had just enough rope to make the news. <laughs> exactly. Uh, on the same tact, kind of. Uh, so EA, they also own Bioware. Yeah. At one point, they tried to rebrand all their studios as Bioware, which was a really weird turn for them to take. I can understand why they would do that after like Mass Effect 2. Yeah, that was exactly when it happened. Yeah. Uh, so one of the big people at Bioware is a man named Mark Laidlaw. He's out. He has left. Oh. And he was, uh, the writer, designer, and creative director for Mass Effect and Dragon Age games. Um, no reason given for the departure. He kind of implies in his, like, goodbye letter that he intends to just go play video games, which... (laughs) Is he one of those good dudes, on him? One of like the founders of Bioware who was no, just like a doctor. He's not one of those the guys. Those guys left like they, years ago. They left when every all of the studios were getting renamed to Bioware. Okay. Uh, honestly, it seems kind of like uh, the old Republic, whatever the um, the Star Wars MMO was. Okay. It seems like that kind of murdered one of them. Like it just was okay. so much to get it out the door, and then it was oh, kind of bad. The same thing happened to uh, what the co-director of The Last of Us, Bruce Straley. Just he kind just of broke he, down. He just he just like departed, and he it's same thing. He's like, I'm I'm just gonna go and like he didn't say like I'm just gonna go play video games, but he's just like I'm not gonna do this yeah. anymore for a while. Uh, uh, and that was after Uncharted Four, which seems like a shitty game to have break you. I mean, I'm sure <laughs> it's impressive hard to make. Oh God, yeah, certainly that's one of the most impressive things that's ever been put on a yeah on any on, know, on a TV or TV or screen. But uh, yeah. Uh, Um, so that he'd been there for 14 years at Bioware, uh, Mark Laidlaw. This follows last year, David Gator, uh, I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. He was the lead writer for Dragon Age. Dave Gator. Uh, G it's like G A I D E R. Oh, I wanted to be Gator like G A T. Yeah. That'd be so cool. Dave Gator. Dave Gator. I I work in Florida. Remember one of my favorite writers in television is Dave Manga. Oh, Dave Mango. Dave Mango's great. Uh, Shout out to Dave Mango. Yeah, always. Dave Mango, pour one out. Is he alive? <laughs> I think he's alive. Oh, good for him. I assume uh, he's a young guy. I picture a young guy who always wears shorts no matter the season. I picture an old guy who kind of oh. like looks... Actually, I'm just picturing uh, the dude in the Hawaiian shirts from Pixar. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, so the, Dave Gator had been there for 17 years, uh, was the main creative person for Dragon Age, like the writer, and he left last year. And so my question is, is EA just slowly, especially following Mass Effect Andromeda, thinking that maybe single player games are for idiots and that all these people are just bailing because of that? It seems like it. Oh, 100%. There are rumors that there's another Dragon Age in development. And I'm very curious to know if 
either we never see that or if it's kind of the last gasp of uh, single-player games out of EA. But they've been shoehorning multiplayer into a lot of these games, like Mass Effect had multiplayer. Yeah, they've been trying to do that for um, a while. Dead Space 3 had multiplayer. Yep. So, I mean, this is... Yeah, the writing's on the wall, more yeah. or less. And it's it, very it will be interesting to see what Bioware, which is... I mean, they made not, uh, the, the Star Wars MMO, but Bioware is like the creator and of the modern of the modern single player RPG, Western RPG. Right. I the only people who seem to be having great success with single player games are Nintendo at this point. Uh and Rockstar. Although even Rockstar is just putting all their money into Rock, it's all it's all online. GTA Online. What, what there's gotta be somewhere else. Uh I guess the Uncharted Arcane? games, but I wonder yeah, if the Uncharted Naughty Dog. games really make money. That's a good question, and that's something that I've always wondered about too. I think like they kind of the might just get there. people on the system. Yeah, and but there's also, I'm, I mean, there's like studios like Arcane making Dishonored. Those games are pure. That's a good single point. Player. That's a good point. You have like the kind of like the. I wonder, Tomb Raider. Dishonored two didn't make much money. No, you. I could feel that game was not going to make tons of money. Yeah, I, I, I just. You can tell when something's going to be broadly successful. Yeah. Uh, and there was just no way. And the first, I mean, and I part think that of it's game because seems they, awesome. I just, I'm sure it does. I just, I wonder if there's a way to make a sequel for the same amount of money it cost you to make the first one, because it seems almost impossible. Because if you're making a sequel, I mean, making games now just costs more than it did before because everything is higher res. Yeah, higher resolution just like screws you over so much. It does. The assets you have to generate just, are a lot yeah, more intense. So much more time. Anyway, it's a tricky thing. It's really, uh, it really sucks. Speaking of high-res assets, this is our final news story. Turns out that Xbox One X is totally way faster than the PS4 Pro. So yeah. they, did a, they did a thing at Digital Foundry. They compared Shadow of War, uh, the Lord of the Rings game on both of those. And uh, yeah, the, the, the new bone just smokes the PS4 Pro. Does any of this matter? Do we matter? What matters? Nothing matters. Yeah. Are you intrigued by either of these machines for faster specs? The other day, um, <laughs> the other day I looked up the PS4 Pro on Amazon uh, because it's my birthday soon. And I sometimes around my birthday and I got a raise. And so sometimes around nice. my birthday or when I get a raise, I didn't get a raise for my birthday, unfortunately. Um, but Good maybe enough. I should pitch for another raise for yes. my birthday. You just I yell, like, it's my birthday. <laughs> I really need a new. God damn it! Yeah, I'm old as hell, and I'm not gonna, gonna take it anymore. <laughs> um, no, I just. And everybody I, says he's an incredible negotiator. <laughs> I uh, I need a new computer, so I've been looking at new computers. But then I was like, but I could also just look and see what the the PS4 <laughs> Pro is, and this I'm looking is at equally the, useful in a broadly <laughs> applicable sense. I'm looking on Amazon at the PS4 Pro. I was just like curious if they have bundles out yet. They have a Destiny have, one. Yeah, and that was the only one that I saw. Yeah. And it's it's not like a deal. Um, but the only I was looking at it and I was like, I was not looking at the specs. I'm just like, that has a terabyte. Not a terabyte. Uh, uh, it's yeah, a terabyte. It does it for the yeah. for the hard disk. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, that has a terabyte. I only have 500 gigs on mine. You could put a new hard drive in your. I know, but that seems like too much work. So there's this part of me, the really stupid part, the part of me that would make a bad economist. That's like the part of me that has trouble pronouncing economist. That <laughs> basically it was just like I could just buy another P. I could buy another PS4. Yeah, because well, my my original PS4 is is from like you know the second wave. 
yeah it's it's i mean it's i old. just feel like sony consoles generally kind of have a weird shelf life on them i mean it's been it's been fine it hums it, a lot when you it, play certain it games it gets vibrates very loud. in a way where yeah. it's like i don't think that fan is properly seated it, it's inside been, of it. it's been fine for me it's never crashed on me i've actually never had a console just outright die on me i you had a you had an xbox didn't you didn't you have to replace i your did xbox not have a red point? ring uh no no I I, my friend my friend did when I when oh, we had okay. like a communal Xbox at one point uh, yes, and then the that that Xbox. thing was that we went through like three of those things and then at one point it just kind of like somebody walked across the room while we were playing Madden in it and somehow this resulted in the console scratching a perfect circle on the disc this was day one of having the new Madden that year <laughs> <laughs> like we got it we were super excited I was crushing it as the broncos i was feeling so good fourth quarter i'm on my final drive somebody walks across the room game hard crashes we eject the disc there's a circle through the entire center of it because the xbox had just destroyed the disc this was a 360 yeah also the name dave bronco dave, pretty good name dave bronco you just like the name dave followed, dave followed by something, by something. That ends in an o. Yeah. <laughs> um, i know your secrets uh that's uh yeah i never had a 360 crash on me or, or break like that i did have a communal xbox yeah like the original xbox oh, with no. some friends in high school <laughs> and i still have it in that closet remember we yeah. tried to boot it up and that thing does not work anymore no, it think... just keeps rebooting the start like the the xbox screen forever yeah it's got real issues the uh you can leave it on as like a neat little screensaver though yeah it looks like 2001 right yeah, there it really does it is the most just like i saw the matrix it was kind of cool <laughs> looking thing it is that is like branded the matrix green yes the color oh, of that xbox definitely yeah um i had a friend in high school who insisted that if you took the xbox controllers out in the sun they are not black they are actually a very dark green and i'm colorblind and i cannot verify this so, at some point, we should. We need to take a break. Myth busting. Right now. All right, we're back. We have done research. Field uh, research. It has been six hours, <laughs> and we have come I'm to- sorting through my Mad Cats collection. Yes, <laughs> to find the original Xbox. Well, actually, it's the this is the S. It's the Xbox the S controller. Non Duke and Chris Vogliano, my friend from high <laughs> school. You are correct, my friend. This thing is totally green. It's a very dark green in the sunlight. The back of the controller looks more green but you think that might have something to do with just the plastic aging because this thing is yeah it, it, deca- it's a little like I, this thing is two decades old or something oh no oh, i mean God. this is what 16 years old 17 years 15 years old right around there uh it's like if the xbox was a child oh, it would now be able to drive yeah oh my god this anyway was purchased in 2002 yeah or maybe it's 2001. uh man it's not a great controller no, it's not. It's better than the Duke. It is definitely better than the Duke. To its credit, it's yeah. better than the Duke. All right, and that's uh, our news for the week. Obviously, we got to the most important thing last. <laughs> um, all right, so Matt, I have a question for you. Oh boy, I know what's coming. Matt, how's your Dark Souls? 
I still haven't been playing Dark oh Souls. Oh my god. <laughs> You're killing me. Uh, when we when busy. we entered this, I thought that I was going to be the person who did not finish it. I thought that we were going to finish it together, but someone forged ahead. Accidentally. Accidentally. Fair enough. I've heard that before. You didn't mean to. You didn't mean to finish early. Oh. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, I haven't played any Dark Souls. I can't believe that. I When I explained to you why I haven't been playing Dark Souls... All right. Because I'll, I'll tell you the story of what happened. Okay. Are you I ready have, for the story? Do you want to go? Well, I'm just going to go because I, I had a hellacious week and I really didn't get much done in the world of games. Uh, so I'm just going to quickly talk about two things. One, Hollow Knight. I got it on Steam months ago. Uh, devotees will remember in like the second episode. <laughs> no, no one has ever listened to the second yeah, episode. The second episode honestly has our lowest downloads, weirdly. Like the first one, people obviously go to the first one, think Mistakenly. this is very bad. Yeah. Uh, and then don't listen to the second one. And then we, we picked up a little bit after that. Uh, but I got a game called Hollow Knight on Steam. I really want to play the game Hollow Knight. The controller support on Steam on the Mac is totally broken for this game specifically and no other games. And I can't play it. And that really sucks. Uh, that's still the case. I checked in this week. Still busted. Uh, so that's a bummer. Have you tried emailing them? No, I honestly should. You really should. And then update yeah. us on that. Okay. Um, I will do that. Yeah. Team Cherry is their name, so I'll, I'll get on that. Obviously, they're listeners, though, so no reason. Uh, <laughs> but the other game I've been playing is The Witness. Uh, I am deep in the uh, kind of final portion of The Witness. I've beaten all of the external areas on the island, and now I'm deep inside of the mountain. Uh, I haven't done all of the environmental puzzles for the towers, but I'm deep inside the mountain and I am just stuck on a puzzle. And I honestly kind of don't know what to do. I, I know what needs to happen in the puzzle. I can see the overarching structure of it because it's sort of two interlocking puzzles. So you're deep in the mountain. Yeah. Okay. Um, I need to make a path across a gulf. Okay. But there are two... This might be where I ended up getting stuck. There are too. two different paths. One of them is an orange and one of them is blue. Yes. And I know, I can tell what to do, but I honestly... And there's have, a room at the other end. Of the gulf. You're like, you're on one side, there's a gulf, and then you can see like the space. No. Okay. I can go across the thing. Okay, you can go across. But then there's a door in the wall. The door in the wall is only activated if you have paths from both sides running at the same time. Okay, fun. Uh, but the it's it's a weird thing, and I, I'm just stuck. I kind of don't know what to do. Um, and well, we know with The Witness, the thing that you do when you're stuck is not play The Witness and just like... Let it marinate. Let it mar marinate. Yeah. Marinade. Is so, it marinade or marinate? I think it's marinade. Marinade? I don't know. Okay, we'll take a quick break. So, yeah, I, I have no idea what to do, and I'll probably come back to it, but it's really bumming me out because I want to get through that. That is that is a bummer, um, and yet it seems to be sort of the experience of that game, but it's a fine line between that kind of frustration when it's like it works for you and when it doesn't exactly and i've been banging my head against this particular puzzle for a few hours now and i'm just kind of not sure where to do it, where to go so we'll check back in next week when i've either broken my xbox or solved the puzzle matt i understand that you have been playing something intensely though yeah um so it was last saturday I sat down. It was a rainy, thundery day here in Chicago. It was actually really nice. It was a beautiful, perfect video perfect, game yes, day. Exactly. Sit inside. 
In fact, my kitchen started to flood at one point because I left my window open by accident. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I, I like went through. I felt really bad because I used up a whole roll of paper towels. And then I realized, I guess I could have just used an actual towel for yes, this. Yes, that would have been the solution. Um, we're, we're a green podcast. Yes. For all you listeners. Carbon neutral. Um, I, uh, so, yeah, it was a beautiful, thunderous day. Um, and I sat down and I put in the dark, I took out the Hissex and put in Dark Souls on my PS4 and <laughs> I booted it up. I just sat there and I was like, but this doesn't feel relaxing. I want to do something relaxing while I drink my morning coffee. So I was like, so wait, this is at like 9am. Yeah. This is like 9am. I had just woken up. Right. And I was like, I usually don't play video games in the morning, but that rain, you got but that with it. that rain. I yeah. was just like, this is the excuse. It's atmospheric. It's fun. Um, and I didn't want to play Fortnite either because it's not as much fun when you're not playing with a person. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I just did, I did the thing that I wasn't going to do. I took out the switch and I downloaded Stardew Valley and I haven't looked back since <laughs> I do not want to check the the clock in that game, but I am sure that, um, a lot of time, a day of your life. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in one week. Yeah, I'm really I feel kind of ashamed to say this. Why? I, say. I don't know, because it's it's messed up. <laughs> but you love it. Um what is this game for people who might not know what Stardew Valley is? Stardew Valley is a game uh developed by one man over the course of like five years. I can't remember his name right now, which is I should have looked that up. Um We're but, gonna take a break. Yeah, I feel bad that I can't remember his name. But anyway, he you just go play the game. Just go go play the game and you'll find out his name. It's probably somewhere in there eventually. Like, But like, what a labor of love this clearly is. So Stardew Valley is a game, um, it's very much like Harvest Moon. It draws a lot from Harvest Moon. You've never played a Harvest Moon, though. I can't... Re- no, I don't think I ever have. Yeah. I might have like tooled around with the with the SNES one. Mm-hmm. But I've never... I never played Harvest Moon 64. I um, love Harvest Moon 64. It's weird, though, playing this game. I feel as though the rhythms are so natural to me mm-hmm. and so familiar to me. Um, but yeah, you're essentially... You're, the conceit of the game is that you're this man or woman who's been working at this like um, dumb like service industry job where you're just like sitting crunching numbers or something answering phones and like the tech world working on your fan fiction yeah about grimace <laughs> oh i'm more of a as we've established more of a quaker oats man because <laughs> i am the quaker oats man right <laughs> it's not a bad halloween costume oh it's a great halloween costume yeah. it takes a lot of investment but anyway so you're 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 like at this job and then your uh grandfather leaves you a farm in sort of like a dilapidated farm um, in this town or in this uh, place called Stardew Valley. It's right next to this little town called Pelican Town and it's right by the beach. So the ocean's right there. It's really, it's, you know, kind of like this bucolic small town atmosphere. Although the major corporation that you previously worked for also like has like a a like a grocery store it's like a very amazon sort of oh type thing. that's cool so like there's this overarching like you can go shop there too if you want oh that's um, such an update of harvest moon for in the era of harvest yeah. moon 64 it was just it's a sleepy little mountain town you know it's, there's it's totally there's more going on here yeah. in that regard um you go through each season is essentially like 28 days so it's like a month yep. um you spend your days harvesting crops a lot of your time is spent watering the crops strangely enough planting maintaining, planting, maintaining and um then weeding it introduces the gardens, right <laughs> weeding the no no actually there's no weeding 
Oh, you don't have to clear the land. Uh, oh, no, you do have to clear the land, but then it's there's less land upkeep. It depends on how much... You can really play this however you want. There's no lose state. There's okay. like, but all your money comes from crops. And then there's a town that you interact with the townspeople. Um, you can romance certain characters. Whether you're playing it as a male or a female, you can romance anyone you want who's one of the available bachelors. Uh, we can talk about that in a little bit. Um, you can keep a. Uh, you can keep like animals. It's Do you pescatarian. Have in an interesting way as far as i can tell i don't think you can harvest meat or send any of your animals to the slaughter which is kind of cool yeah i don't think you can do that in um harvest moon either yeah i like that you can eat fish you can fish um there's a fishing game in this that i initially hated and or not fishing mechanic really and i now love it right it um it's a it's interesting like i spend most of my time just like harvesting stuff um i have i have i do i finally invested in a coop and i now have for chickens and it like lets you raise your chickens. Yeah. I've named mine Henye West, <laughs> Chicky Minaj, and Jay Coop. <laughs> I thought you had four chickens. Oh, I haven't named the last one yet. I can't remember what I named the last one. It wasn't as good. I think it was like LL Kenchik Lamar. Henjay or something. Oh, I like Kenjik Lamar. Kenjik Lamar. I do have a dog, but the dog doesn't really do much. But the thing about this game. Well, I mean, what would you expect it to do? Well, like, it, you see. It, Everything seems to have a purpose in this game. Even the trash, you occasionally like will be fishing and you'll just like get a soggy newspaper instead of Uh a fish. And even that can be used for something. So there's this element with the dog that just, it kind of like just hangs out around the farm and I walk up to it and if you press A, it just like has a heart over its head and it's because it loves you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and so that, that is very akin to the dog from Harvest Moon where you're just yeah. hanging out with your dog, though. And so like it's your dog friend and the dog doesn't even necessarily follow me around. It mm. like has its own space. Yeah. But there's definitely probably a function to the dog that I just don't know about yet. Do you have a horse? Uh, I don't have a horse yet. I can get a horse if I want. Are, is there I've, horse racing in the town? I don't know. Oh. That's the thing is that there's so much to this game that there's like you, it, you know, you explore gradually the. um I mean, so like I kind of thing that it reminds me of in many ways is it reminds there's a lot of earthbound in it Mm. Uh, in the especially the character design. Um, There are some enemies that looks like they're pulled directly from an earthbound game. There are enemies. Yes. And that's something that we'll we'll, I'll get into in just a second. Um, One of the things actually, well, there's there's combat in the game. Okay. It's very like Zelda light where you like you swing a sword. That is different than Harvest it's Moon. It's very different from Harvest Moon. So there are these sort of there are dungeons and there are, or there's a dungeon and there's enemies in it. Um you like fight these little like slime things and mm-hmm. these like crabs and then it, like there's actually a surprising number of enemies. Um but that's only like you choose to interact with that in in, in so far as much as as much as you want to. It's like these mines on the outskirts of town that like are essentially just a series of levels that keep going deeper and what deeper. What do you get deeper. for doing that? You can get a lot of cool jewels in the mines. Cool jewels. Cool jewels. There's like and then you can bring the jewels to the blacksmith, you can sell the jewels, you can use things with them, you can donate them to a library. Mm-hmm. Um and if you donate enough stuff to the library, the like the librarian starts like giving you rewards like paintings and stuff you can put in your house then you can expand your house etc in harvest moon i always romance library girl there okay well we'll get to that too there's okay, so I'm much just, that there's I'm so just, much it's funny because i haven't played this yes but i love but harvest moon 64 so much and i've wanted you to play it for so long that I now know. i'm trying to map my experience <laughs> to this you can't you can play this game i know but i know but, how much time harvest moon has already taken from my life yeah that's the thing 
and I don't know if I need to do it again. When I write my review of this game, it's like I already have like the title picked out, and I'm just gonna like like Stardew Valley is a chamomile addiction or oh, something no. like that because it is a very soothing game because you don't you know there's no onus on you to do certain things. Um, but there is a lot of satisfaction that comes from being efficient. Yes, there is. And but then there's also times when it's just like I don't actually have anything planned for today, so I'm just going to like go fishing yeah. or wander around and like um forage for for like grapes or blackberries or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um the so there's there is some combat like I said. One of the so there's some Zelda in this. The thing that's that's interests me um and I haven't really fully thought this out yet, but Kind of like as much as this game is like Earthbound, one of my favorite games ever, and as, as much as it's clearly like Harvest Moon, it also has a lot in common with Link's Awakening, mm. uh, which is the Game Boy Zelda came out in like ninety one or something. Your favorite like that. Zelda? It's my favorite Zelda, and is I it wonder, still your favorite Zelda following Breath of the Wild. I can't even answer that. <laughs> I, I'm actually curious. I had never really considered I where Breath I think of the Wild it's falls the, it's, for me. It's the one that I would say is my favorite Zelda if people were to ask me like this. But I would also, like if I had to pick, would probably pick Breath of the Wild to play like on a desert island. That's I, I would tell somebody, I'd say Majora's Mask is probably actually my favorite. And then I would quietly take my Switch with me. Yeah. <laughs> So I think the well, I mean, the interesting thing about our favorite Zeldas are they are the weird Zeldas. Majora's Mask and Link's Awakening they are both very strange. They are they are the weird offshoot bastard children of yeah. the Zelda franchise. There's this element, and I think that the reason why this game reminds me of Link's Awakening is partially um, graphical, graphically like there's like little bushes that look exactly like the bushes in Link's Awakening. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the fact that it's portable, which is pretty cool. I think that it's also, though, that like Link's Awakening is the first time I remember encountering a town in a video game, something that felt like a living, breathing place with like people in it that seem to have routines outside of like your... You you are just a citizen yeah. of this place. I was reminded recently that in... Uh, I can't remember where I read this, but like somewhere online about how um, one of the influences for Link's Awakening was Twin Peaks. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. And it makes a lot of sense if you go back and look at it. Because yeah. especially for the time, 1991, especially for a little game on the Game Boy, Link's Awakening had like a very robust town life. Um, it had this town that was very mysterious and had like these interesting characters in the town. It did a lot with very little. Um, there was like that one patch of gardening of grass that you could always go to. It would like refresh every every screen. And like if you moved from one screen to another and you could just like go there harvesting jewels and stuff and that felt enormous at the time by comparison um so i think that like this game makes me think of Link's awakening in a way that i really enjoy and that feels like extraordinarily nostalgic and satisfying to me um the one thing that it has that Link's awakening does not have is romance romance um i am playing as a woman because of course i pretty much always play as a woman um you do too don't you yeah yeah uh, so, but you can romance men or women. Um, I am not really working too hard to romance anyone, but the one that I actually have the most hearts in is this girl named Penny. <laughs> I have the most hearts in is yeah. such a funny way. Oh to man, I didn't it. even think of like yeah, but we should just start using that in real life. Yeah, too. we should. <laughs> um, we should have a. Oh man, that sounds like a dating app. Most hearts, or what would we call it? Something hearts. How many? I hearts? don't know. 
how would it even work? Heart containers. I don't know. But there's heart containers and you fill them heart up. Heart container is not a bad name for a dating app. Yeah, it's not. It's, we could probably do better. Let's take a break. In any case, like this girl Penny, who's like a bookworm, and she's like the the kind of like teacher for the two kids that live in this town. She or she's their tutor, um, and she's all right. And then I also really like this other girl named Emily, who's just like kind of like cool. Seems cool. She's like <laughs> she wants to be like skateboarding. <laughs> no, there's a dude who skateboards. Oh, um, awesome. So I feel as though I actually had gone into this game kind of wanting to romance a guy. Except for all the male suitors really suck. And all the guys that I do want to romance are married and ineligible. Classic so I find problem. myself being real nice to like some of the like married men in town. And then I, this is taking a turn. So I can still you can still like You're a home wrecker. You can still win them over, but you can't romance them as far as I know. But yeah, I don't want to be a home wrecker. I just like like you just Demetrius, decimate this town. Demetrius can get it. Like he's like he's like a like a, a researcher and scientist, and he's just like real cool. Yeah, he sounds but cool. He's unfortunately married. I think to Jody. I can't remember who he's married. No, he's married to Robin, who built my coop. Well, um, that's nice. Yeah, I, I like Robin, so I don't want to get in between. I was that. say this feels like you're really playing both sides of that fence. Well, there's this moment when I was um, helping out Demetrius's daughter uh, Maru, and I was like gave her a birthday present or something else, or I did like a quest for her. You can occasionally like get optional quests from the town. Like people want board. things. Yeah. Like people post things to like this Bolton board in town. And so like I did a, a favor for Maru and Demetrius was like, just so you know, I don't want you to like complicate things with Maru. Like I was like, Demetrius, my friend, no, like uh, it is not Maru that I have my eye on. <laughs> um, but any case, oh Maru, you could romance. Maru. You could mar- romance. Oh, Maru. that is whoa. Yeah, so this uh, is a difficult thing to unpack. So like, there's but like all of this is optional. There's this guy named Linus who lives on the outskirts of town in a tent. And he's like meant to be sort of homeless, and like I'm sometimes we'll just bring him blackberries because I know he likes blackberries. You have a lot of hearts with Linus. I uh, I have a few. Oh no, <laughs> but like it's I mean obviously the hearts like mean different things for different characters. Um whether you can romance them or not. But like, yeah, the, the male suitors that are available, it's just like, there's like a jock, there's like a douchey skateboard guy. There's, um, this one goth guy who seems all right. And there's this like Fabio inspired, like romance novel. You gotta guy go for who that Just guy. like stands on a bridge most of the time looking into the water. How do you not romance that guy? I just not drawn to him. Oh, I love it. I don't like his hair. I want to play this just to romance that guy. Oh, uh, you can. Well, the interesting for me, I would, I would, uh, it's funny that you say in like RPGs and stuff, I'll generally yeah. play a woman. Um, but in a game like this, I would always play a dude. Games really? with like wow. romance options, I I kind of, I don't know. It's just like a different thing. Because you wanted to romance the late the women. No, no. I would probably like. I would probably play a dude and then potentially still romance Fabio Man. Oh, I see. But in Harvest Moon, I assume that you couldn't. I assume no. In Harvest, in Harvest Moon, Moon like, you're just a dude. Yeah. Oh, okay. You're always a dude. Mm-hmm. Um. And then also, it yeah, everything in it is just straight. It's a very straight game. Uh, it kind of yeah. I mean, it's very like japanese social mores yeah yeah um but yeah man stardew valley it's it's very soothing like chamomile tea yeah but you it's it's so easy to just it just consumes two hours two hours pass and you're just like where did the two hours go and then three hours pass and it's because it does this clever thing 
quote unquote clever where it only saves at the end of a day. Oh, okay. That's, that's like harvest moon. Yeah. So you start the day and, um, of course on the switch you can always like, you can pause at any point and just like shut down the system. It'll, it'll also just boot up where you last left off. This is why I was not updating it though. In part is, uh, because I didn't, cause I would never stop playing right at, at the end at, of the day after it saved. I would always like go out and water my crops because <laughs> that's like the one part of the game that's like less fun. It's a chore. It's a chore, which is like the most classically harvest moony yes. thing where do you upgrade your watering ability yes. and stuff? Yeah. And you can buy sprinklers and, but oh, it's like, it's such a like sprinklers are huge. It's such an important part of the early day. Yeah. In some ways, especially because nothing in the town starts happening until nine. So from six to nine, like, it's kind of nice to water your crops, but then also sometimes it rains and you're just like, I have the whole day. It's an, it's, it's an interesting experience. Like, you know, you equate like why people play games that have chores in them and fetch quests are bad chores. Yeah. But these are great chores. They're chores of your own making. Yes. Uh, so when you play Harvest Moon, at least, and it sounds like it's identical in this, there's an element where when you first start playing it, you think I need to plant everything and you just have this enormous field and stuff is just dying and withering on the vine. Cause you kind of, it's beyond your abilities to take care of it. Yeah. Um, and realizing what you are capable of and building a pattern and a routine that allows you to do everything you want to do. I think it's a good life lesson yes. and it's also incredibly satisfying. It's a good life lesson. If you are able to apply it outside of the, the game, which I would, I mean, I don't know if this game is, is necessarily teaching me anything. I, I mean, it probably could be a good life lesson for, for kids. I'd imagine that like this kind of game could, if you didn't let it take off over your child's life and slowly destroy I mean, talk them. about a Tamagotchi. Like, yeah, this is something that you can almost carry in your pocket. The switch is not quite pocket. No. Um, friendly. Unless you had like those we need giant cargo. Jinko jeans. Yes, dude, yeah. Cargo pants need to come back so I can carry my switch. Um, also, I do want to have a side podcast called Talk About a Tamagotchi. <laughs> uh, talk never talk it. about Tamagotchis, though. That's the weird thing. It's actually about things that have replaced our Tamagotchis. Like friends. And a life. And a life. And an actual pet. You, have a, you don't have an actual pet. No. Someday. Yeah, we can dream. Yeah. Anyway, it's a really great game. Uh, awesome. Awesome soundtrack, too. Like, I never turn off the music. Yeah. It's fantastic music. I'm in fall right now, and the fall music, when the fall music starts up in the very first day of fall, and, like, ev- of course, like, everything changes overnight when you move from season yep. to season. It's just, like, beautiful, beautiful music. It's hilarious, because I'm hearing the Harvest Moon music the entire time <laughs> we're having this conversation, and my assumption is that it's identical. It's obviously not. Yeah. But just talking about this type of game... The way that you just have these rhythms in it, the music just wears a groove in your mind. Yeah. Even, and the, man, I'll, even right now, I'm just thinking like, man, I need to make sure I have enough hay for winter because yeah. winter's coming and it seems like nothing grows during winter. We'll see if that's true. It's, it's, but I, I have my, you know, chicky menage and the other, the other chickens to take care of. And if I don't have hay, they're going to be, they'll never die, I presume, but they'll be like grumpy with me. You can, you can well, they put might, hearts into they your like chickens too. They won't produce. Yeah, they won't produce. And also they have like a four heart thing that you can fill up gradually by mm-hmm. like petting them every day. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's, it's totally Harvest Moon. Yeah. But then there's other stuff like I have beets that I want to pickle. Uh, you can pickle anything in this game. That's great. Yeah. Or turn it into a jam. Um, you can make mayonnaise, which is kind of weird. 
That's very uh, ja- Japanese, is, certainly, yeah. even though I don't think this is a Japanese No, game. it's not. It's made by a dude in Seattle. Great. Um, awesome. Yeah. Well, I look forward to checking back in with you as, as your journey continues in the world of Stardew Valley. Uh, knowing myself, there's going to be a point when I hit like a certain number of hours in this game, and I will just hard stop and never play it again. That's kind of sad, but I completely understand. Yeah, because I'm just going to be like, I can't actually fit this in. It's going to be something in my life is going to take over this yeah. space and it's hopefully not going to be another video game but it'll probably be for the best because man it's 15 dollars on the switch oh you got to get it i got to get everybody's got to get it it's just like talk if you're someone who measures and i'm not one of these people but if you're someone who measures like your money's worth by the number of hours that you get out of a product this is it's, it's a good game awesome well speaking of things that will take the place of other things what did you like this week that's not a video game? Um, I ha- Have you heard about that show Mindhunter? I have, Netflix? but I don't really know what it is. Uh, I watched that this week. It is 10 episodes on Netflix. It's excellent. It's executive produced by um, our favorite South African, Charlize Theron. Ah. Uh, I mean, that My favorite not- South African is Dave Matthews. Yeah, I was gonna, I, that, was, that was the joke, but I don't know if anybody's going back that far. No, that might be the same episode I talked about <laughs> Hollow Knight. <laughs> I think that was episode seven, Like a Monkey. Oh, yeah, that is. Um, so it's, uh, but David Fincher directs four of the episodes, the first two and the last two. Um, it is overall very informed by like David Fincher, in a cin- like cinematog- cinematographically speaking. Wow. That's actually a word. Um, <laughs> uh, I, it is. I had a conversation with someone once that confirmed that. Um it's a, it's about, so it's about like the kind of the early days of uh, sort of investigation and research into the concept of the serial killer. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's, I'm surprised that you're not like all over this because it's David Fincher and serial killers. I've and just I know, been so busy lately. Yeah. But those are like, I, I know those are things that you loved when you were probably early in college, you became obsessed with, with both David Fincher and serial killers. Yes. I, Especially. Well, I, I remain obsessed. I just love serial killers. Yeah. Uh, and I, I do love David Fincher. You do write them a lot of letters, both David Fincher no, and I, I, I have never done either of those things. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, in any case, it's, it's, really, it's really good. It's, very, it's surprisingly funny at moments. Okay. Like, it does a really good job of being funny. The writing is excellent. It's by a playwright whose name I can vaguely remember, but I probably would mispronounce it, so I'm not going to try. We'll take a break. It's a, it's a show about power dynamics to a degree as well. Um, and like the, the ways that they finally start alluding to the fact that, uh, that sexually motivated killings and rape and stuff is not, a, is not actually sexual, but power related. And then the way that the power dynamics work on the team and the way that his ego sort of changes over the course of the show, along with his relationship with his, with his girlfriend is all very interesting. Uh, so it's really, I wasn't even going to say this much about it, but it's really well acted, really well shot, really well written. Um, a really excellent show, kind of like Mad Men meets SVU, but in a positive way. That sounds terrific. I will 100% look into that. Um, I don't know what my thing from the last week is. I'm going to say last night I saw Daniel Johnston play. Um, he is a musician who influenced a lot of people. Uh, you know him, if you are like me, and never, never actually listened to him, even though he influenced countless bands that i really love uh you know him because kurt cobain wore that shirt with that frog drawing on it all the time yeah and it says hi how are you and uh 
that's a Daniel Johnson shirt. So he kind of came to prominence in a lot of ways because in the 80s, he was on MTV once in a special and then Kurt Cobain wore that shirt and everybody knew who he was. Uh, he had an ill-fated record deal and put out a record in the 90s um, on a major label. But other than that, he just made a bunch of cassettes in the 80s. Um, and he's doing a farewell tour with Jeff Tweedy. Um, there's a documentary about him called The Devil and Daniel Johnson. Uh, and the tour, they show you the video, the movie, the film. Um, and then he comes out and plays with Jeff Tweedy and this backing band. And he's in rough shape, man. Like, he's got a... He's schizophrenic. He has a lot of issues. Um, and it's a powerful thing. Yeah. Not because it's the most incredible musical performance you've ever seen or anything, but because the songs that he wrote are really astonishing. So is, the, is that it? Did you have anything, any questions left for the Quaker Oats man? Uh, no. How does instant oatmeal work? How is it That's, different than regular oatmeal? That is actually an incredible question. Yeah. Do I don't you think know the answer. He knows? He must know. Is he a scientist? He keeps the answer under his hat. <laughs> Beneath his wig. <laughs> He's actually made of instant oats. <laughs> All right. Uh, that does it for another episode of... What is this called? I don't remember. The Zero Stars Podcast. <laughs>